was a myth. Kids used to dare each other to go into the woods at night. They knew the power of that place. They feared it. Those woods belong to something else. Round is bad. Guys! You are listening to Don't Be That Guy, Guide to Sequel Remix. This is episode 351. I'm Marquis Mike. The leaves are falling. The pumpkins are on the porches. Yeah, that, that's new this year. My wife bought a lot of pumpkins. I saw a lot of pumpkins out front. Yeah, I came home one day. They were all on the table. Uh, I, was like, I guess we're eating a lot of pumpkin pie. We didn't. We made no pumpkin pie. Does anybody buy a pumpkin to make pumpkin pie from scratch? No. Because people, you just buy the canned pumpkin. Yeah. I have not seen one recipe that calls for, step one, buy a big pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, you gotta buy, yeah buy, buy the canned stuff. Um, and and is, a, is a pumpkin, like let's say you're just buying, you got your, your pumpkin you're going to buy, you're going to carve a jack-o'-lantern for the holiday. Yeah. Would that same pumpkin be used by a, a cannery to make canned pumpkin, or or is it a different strain of pumpkin that they use for that? Like it's like cherries, right? Right. There's sweet cherries, then there's like tart cherries, and, and tart cherries are actually what you put in a cherry pie because you yeah. throw so much sugar in there with it. Yeah, I never thought of that. I just always assume, yeah, pumpkin's a pumpkin. The thing you make a pumpkin pie out is just that big orange thing you buy at the store to carve a face into. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the canned stuff always, you know, it's, it doesn't look like what's inside a pumpkin. Much darker. It's, yeah, it's darker. But it is pure pumpkin. There's no spices, there's no sugar in it. Yeah. It's just pumpkin. It's pumpkin, yeah. Yeah, yeah you give it to your dog if he's got a stomach. Uh, yeah, I like to, thing. I like to mix a scoop of that in my oatmeal in the morning, actually. Oh. Yeah. Adds uh, some health benefits. I think it adds fiber. Yo, that's why you give it to a dog. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure you need to add fiber to oatmeal. Right. But I like how it tastes. Yeah. It's yeah. pumpkin spice season. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Don't apologize for it. Never do. Yeah. If you, if you you know if you're into pumpkins, get you your pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. yeah. No apologies needed. Don't don't let anybody shame you. I. I'm going to buy those pumpkin, pumpkin Spice Cheerios. Yeah. I saw them in September. I refuse to buy pumpkin, pumpkin anything in the month of September. Mm-hmm. I wait till October. But as soon as October 1 came around, I'm like, next time I see those, snatching them up. Oh, man. I'll start my spooky season last week of September. Right after Labor Day? Yep. <laughs> I bought a box of Count Chocolates probably September 15th. Oh, nice. How are those? I like Count Chocolate, good. I did not like, last year I got Frankenberry mm-hmm. and did not love Frankenberry. I don't think I've ever had either of those. Me neither. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be glutton. I'm not going to buy both at the same time. You know, I'll buy one, finish the box. Yeah. If I finish it after Halloween, I got to wait for the next season, which I did. Last year was Frankenberry. This year, Count Chocula. I'm probably not going to finish it before Halloween. So... Booberry, you gotta wait till next year. I'll give I'll give that a go. But right now, if I had to rank them, he goes chocolate, count chocolate number one, 
Frankenberry far second. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like to have cereal like that. I call it my weekend cereal. Oh, yeah. It's great weekend cereal. Yeah. It's like my Saturday morning to eat a box of Apple Jacks. I, I like the name weekend cereal, yet I only eat them like Thursday night at like 1030. <laughs> that's, that's when I eat my couch. That's when you eat couch. It's like, ooh, I want like something dessert, but I'm not going to eat ice cream. Mm. So I have a chocolatey cereal. I think, I think that's probably a little better health choice, maybe. I don't know. You know? A lot of sugar in that stuff, but who cares? Yeah. You're getting what you want. Oh, then you're throwing the milk in there. I'm a whole milk guy. I love cereal. Yeah. I absolutely love cereal. <clears throat> I eat plain Cheerios like almost every day. I, you know? Or plain um, Wheaties. One of the two. I, I, I've been eating plain Cheerios quite a bit. Uh, you know who loves plain Cheerios? Babies. Babies love plain Cheerios. And uh, I'm taking full advantage of Dat Tax. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've, uh, I've had my fill of plain Cheerios and Dino Nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's fall. It's uh, pumpkin season. It's spooky season. What have you been watching? Oh, man. I've got a few things <clears throat> in. I I, uh, I wish I would have got some spooky movies in, but I didn't. But I will for next time. Yeah. Um, Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Not so over. So I checked out that new uh, Jake Gyllenhaal drop, The Guilty. It's Netflix. Okay. And it is a adaptation slash um, westernization. Uh, not westernization. English remake. American remake of, I believe, a Norwegian movie. Okay. Or a Dutch film. Um, about a, a uh, uh, dispatcher. And it's fantastic. It is, it is Jake Gyllenhaal at his best. For a movie that is 99% just Jake Gyllenhaal from the shoulders up, it's it's really compelling. Um, I highly recommend it. It's Netflix. Uh, that was a Netflix original or mm. or whatever. Yeah, The Guilty came out just a week or two ago. All right. So I, I highly recommend that. It's fantastic. I watched a 1953 Noir Alley selection called The Glass Wall. Mm. And this is actually really kind of a timely piece because it is about a guy who, uh, it's post-World War II, he's coming over on like kind of a refugee boat, and um, he's a Hungarian refugee, and but they won't let him in the country because he's got no like paperwork and stuff. And so it's kind of a race for the clock for him to find an American... Uh, soldier he he met during the war and, and helped in the war to kind of vouch for him so he can stay in the United States, but he's running from like, you know the 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 police they're trying to catch him. Um, pretty good little movie actually. I, I really enjoyed it. Short run time is like an hour twenty. Um, but the glass wall refers to um, the UN building in New York, which was just being built or it had just been built when this movie was, was being filmed and it's got a massive glass wall or something. I don't know. And then last but not least, this may be my favorite of the uh, film that I've watched this this last session, is 1986 movie starring Josh Brolin called Thrashing. Oh, 1986? 1986. Is it a skateboard movie? It is a skateboard movie. And boy, is it fun. It's got a lot of skateboarding in it. A ton of skateboarding. A lot of cool tricks. 
There's some cameos from guys at the time that were not superstars, like Tony Hawk um, is in the skateboarding competition. In 86, I don't think anyone knew who Tony Hawk was. Um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers show up mm. in 86. They were just a local California band. You know, they weren't the, pe- the Peppers. Uh, what a cool movie. I, is it good? I don't know, but I had a lot of fun watching it. Couple skateboard gangs, you know, you know, clashing out there. Yeah, some uh, some street justice going down. Um, falling in love with the with the other gang's sister. You know, real real cool eighties vibes. Um, the 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 things people are wearing, the, the things they're saying. Oh man, it's cool. It's cool. I'm Team Dagger, by the way. Oh, okay. Good to know. I'm Team Dagger. Uh, Yeah, so that's what I watched. Yeah. Not a whole lot, but I had a good... Thrashing. Thrashing. And it it has its own song, Uh, like, playing in the credits called Thrashing. It's pretty good. Is it streaming? It is on Amazon Prime. All right. Yep. Just kind of came across my little, like, uh, what's popular, and I thought... I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, and I did, and I and I had a great time watching it. And and I don't know how Josh Brolin, how old he was in 19, was that 86? Oh, jeez, 87. I mean, Goonies is what? Uh, 85. Yeah. So, so he's still a young man. I mean, he plays a teen in Goonies. Man, I feel like this might have been. It seems like he seemed older in Goonies than this. Uh, but you know, movie movie magic, Hollywood. He he was born in nineteen sixty eight. So he was twenty. Twenty eight. Yeah. Um. Wait, what and, year? Nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. So he would have been eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, I mean, he was playing probably an eighteen to twenty year old in this okay. movie. Um. Yeah. It's kind of I had, I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. So I highly recommend it. Check it out if you want. <laughs> but I, I didn't watch a whole lot. But only if you want. Only if you want. Yeah. What about you? What do you got in? What do you got for me? Oh man, I tried to get a bunch of stuff in. It's been uh When did we last do that? I feel like it was a big sport was Yeah, right? Last weekend would have been the last stretch of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like that took up a lot of my my time, and then uh, uh, you know we we're in the midst of football season, and now I'm a hockey fan. So you know, choose. You don't got time for movies. No, yeah. I might now. I might now on Sunday. Um, Russell Wilson's out. Yeah, uh, I, football's even, over. We didn't even talk about it. I, I think Mike has cursed my team just because his. You know, no one likes to hear people talk about their fantasy lineup. Let's just say everybody Mike drafted is hurt. So. Yeah, you, you you don't want to be on my fantasy team. Yeah, it's, it's a kiss um, of death. And that is why I don't draft any Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, that's smart, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to be on my fantasy team. Right? If you're a Russell Wilson or Christian McCaffrey fan, you blame Mike yeah. for, for taking them. Jerry Judy. How dare you. Julio Jones. Yeah. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, <laughs> we don't draft. Uh, coaches, but I'm sure, you know, Greedo will have been high on your list. <laughs> it's personal. I did watch, uh, I watched quite a bit of movies. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go in depth of all, because um, you might see a theme emerge, and then uh, we can talk about it at the end. I'll just go in a uh, list of, as they were released. I watched 1935's Werewolf of London. 
Okay. Okay. I watched 19, 30, 1935. 1935. Apparently, this is the first. You found you found it. Yeah. This is on Peacock. Um, okay. It is, uh, I guess, the first full feature-length film about a werewolf. Okay. Uh, werewolf of London. I watched 1981's The Howling. I That's watched such a good movie. 1985's Silver Bullet. Oh. 19... That's a good one, too, actually. Okay. Uh, Werewolves of London, Silver Bullet, The Howling. I watched 2000's Ginger Snaps, 2005's Cursed, 2010's The Wolfman, and 2020's The Wolf of Snow Hollow. So I got a nice little werewolf... Uh, list going and there's still some more I want to add to it um, but I feel confident giving my official werewolf in cinema rankings can, uh, can, can we refer to it as lycanthropy please um, wait ly- lycanthropy yeah lycanthropy I hear that's just a, that, that's a, it's a mental disease that uh, humans uh, come up with to eat raw meat and dance naked in the woods, according to the doctor in The Howling. Uh, that is a good movie. Lycanthropy, uh, Lycanthropy, The Howling, so good. Wait, Lycanthropy, good. There's like eight Howling movies. I only saw the first Howling. I've only seen the first one. Okay. Yeah. It's fantastic. <clears throat> well, we'll see where it falls on my mm. list. Uh, I'll, going, let you, I'll let you finish. Going from worst to first, and I've thrown some ones that we've done for the show. I actually went back and listened to old episodes of uh, of the show. No, coming in at number eleven, Teen Wolf two. <laughs> number ten, the American Werewolf in Paris. Number nine, Teen Wolf. Number eight, Werewolf of London. Number seven, The Wolfman. Number six, Cursed. Number five, The Howling. Number four, Silver Bullet. Then Ginger Snaps at three, The Wolf of Snow Hollow at number two, American Werewolf of London at number one. When did The Wolf of Snow Hollow come out? 2020. It's new. I've never heard of it. Me neither. Um, <clears throat> it's on, uh, I watched it on Epics, uh, which I did a free seven day trial and then um, I canceled it. But uh, I liked it. It's a dark comedy, but it's a, uh, it's a, sh- it's a, uh, let's see. A stressed out police officer struggles not to give in to the paranoia that grips his small mountain town as bodies turn up after each full moon. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's. I like watching all the different. So watching these eleven werewolf movies, I like how a werewolf. There's like different ways to to do it. Mm. Um, you know, Ginger Snaps. It, it's very. It, it's a girl gets bitten by a. You know, much like American Werewolf in London. We follow the main character who gets bit by a werewolf and then has to deal with them becoming a werewolf. In The Wolf of Snow Hollow, it's a police investigation. There's a bunch of murders happening around the full moon, and it's we're following from the perspective of the cop investigating it. Um, the Cursed, you know, that, that was like a 2000s, and then that's like Christina Ricci, Joshua Jackson, uh, Jesse Eisenberg's in it. Um, that's a... Someone's a werewolf. We've been introduced to a lot of these characters. We're pretty sure one of them's the werewolf. So now it's like now it's a murder mystery. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of different things you can do with the uh, with the werewolf uh, with the werewolf genre. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, sure. watch a lot. There, there's some. There's some I need to add. I want to add um, 
Werewolves Within, which just, uh, that's new to this year. Um, uh, Dog Soldiers, which we talked about during the Werewolves in London episode. I haven't seen it in a while, so I wasn't comfortable putting it on the list. Cause, uh, you gotta, yeah, you got to rescreen it. You got to rescreen it, yeah. yeah. You know, it's not that fresh in my mind. Um, I can tell you one thing. I promise you that movie will hold up. Yeah. Um, do I watch an Underworld? Do I throw an Underworld? In I was going to ask. Do you throw? Do you do you add the Underworlds? What about? I mean, kind of like you know, uh, skirt stuff. Like um, uh, one of my I considered a werewolf movie. Maybe it's not um, uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, French film. Yeah. Do you add that? I don't know if it's like pure werewolf. It's not. I'm not sure. It's pure like Canthrop. Yeah, and see, and then that guy gets. In it, because you know some of these do play with the mystery of like, is there actually a werewolf? You know, I'm surprised that the Howling isn't higher on the list. I so I actually do, I watched the Howling today. Uh, I the effects in it are great. So it's Joe Dante. Um, it came out same year as American Werewolf in London. It was like really great practical effects. I feel like it's an hour and a half. It's a really quick movie. I feel like it's only like 50 minutes of movie though. And uh, the beginning's really slow. For her to get out to the, the colony, to that's where it really picks up. That whole um, sting operation of like catching the, the serial killer in the beginning and her like going to like the porno I theater think, is weird. I think maybe I need to rescreen it. I mean, I probably haven't seen that movie in five years. Yeah. And I, I, and I, I thought the movie was, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, I love, all, I love the transformations. Films. I think that's a big part of these movies, too. Is I, I grade... As I was watching them, you know, uh, American Werewolf in London, uh, The Howling, um, those get higher grades because they're using practical effects and the transformations look good. Um, Cursed and American Werewolf in Paris, it's CGI and it, it looks bad. You know, and that was in those movies were at an awkward time in mm-hmm. cinema. Yeah, with with CGI and I. Yeah. Yeah. How much wolf do you, are you going to show us? You know. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you you're going down a, a werewolf journey. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah, you know it's it's a it's a especially because you know I don't think they get the do that like a like a vampire does. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they're, and, and you can do a lot of fun things with them. There's straight horror in here. There's a lot, but a lot of this is uh, horror comedies yeah. or, or, or black comedies. You know, Ginger Snaps. That was a movie I saw for the first time, and that was really fun. It was a very fun twist, which is a girl gets bit by a werewolf, but it's also coincides with her getting her period for the first time. So it's, there's almost like this. Uh, Metaphor of like being a werewolf and transform to a woman, <laughs> but she also gets to blame a lot of the werewolf, uh, you know, like in Teen Wolf, you know, uh, a lot of uh, what's happening to her on just like, hey, this is becoming a woman, like, yeah. this is just cramps, it's puberty, it's puberty. Yeah. yeah, I'm going through puberty right now. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 you a werewolf? I need to, I need to watch that one. I've, yeah, I've heard, so I've heard good things from uh, I surprisingly owned a lot of these movies, so if you if you do need to, I, I do have a little werewolf section here. Um, one of them is the Howling. So if you if you need to take the Howling home with you tonight, I think I will rewatch that. I think I will. It's on a double feature with um, the Fog, so you can have a nice little. Uh, Ooh, yeah. It, I found it in one of those Walmart bins, and it was uh, two movies, price of one. I got the Fog and the Howling, same disc. 
they may they might as well have taken your wallet and put money into it on your might as well door. might as well yeah yeah that's what I watched uh, you can find uh, my list on Letterboxd you can go go find me there I'm, I'm uh, trying to make more lists more rankings because um, now you know now I'm 35 this is my social media of choice I don't want to hear <laughs> anyone's opinion is like did my friend uh, who I was on Letterboxd did they watch a movie this week yeah that's a good one. Mike and I don't follow each other on Letterboxd, though. I don't want to know what he's... Yeah, we save it for the show. Right, we save it for the show. Save it for the show. I don't know even how to do that on Letterboxd. Maybe it's because I'm not premium. Should I go premium? I, it's 20 bucks a year, and I think it's worth it. Just because I like looking at, like, stats. Yeah. I like looking at, like, who is my favorite director? May surprise you. How much do I actually like Ed Helms? He shows up a lot. <laughs> he shows up a lot. I think list though. I think list you can do non-premium. Yes, I can do lists. Yeah, yeah. it's just the um, the stats is what what you uh, get when you're a premium member. Um, I do like stats. And those are fun because yeah, you like can look stats. by yeah. you can look by decade by year. You can look by uh, directors, uh, stars of movies, writers, producers. Like, can I integrate a heart rate monitor? Oh, that'd be nice. Like, Put it up to your Fitbit. And yeah, put on my heart rate monitor and watch a movie and then watch my heart rate go up and down during the film. Yeah. That'd be fun. That would be nice, yeah. And then really, you know, if I'm doing, if we're doing spooky season, how, how much, how spooky was this really? Yeah, how scary was it? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, check out, uh, check out some werewolf movies. Um, you know, now's the time to do it. And as we said during our American Werewolf in London episode, Hey, let's let's get some more of these. Yeah, they're fun. Um, and just don't make them Twilight. People loved them though. Yeah, not for us. Not for us. But yeah, we need some like in theater werewolf movies. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <coughs> or, um, or straight to HBO Max. Or HBO. Really, any straight to streaming. We just need more werewolf movies. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, we don't want to spoil our... By the time next episode, people will know we're, we're doing Halloween Kills. And that's coming straight to Peacock. And I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm excited that I get to just watch that on Peacock. Yeah. I, and, you know, it's interesting because I thought for sure I would have gone to see the Sopranos movie in the theater by now. Haven't even streamed it yet. Oh, yeah. It wasn't on your list. Um... Had a busy, had a busy couple weeks. That's true. You only got like yeah. two movies. Had, three yeah. movies I, I got uh, been been kind of swamped. Yeah, kind of hemmed up by some other stuff. So let me get it. Well, in. you only got thirty days on HBO Max, and who knows how long the theaters. I know. I missed Malignant. I don't know if that's. I, think I, uh, I missed out on Malignant. Yeah, in like a couple days. Now I was gonna fire it up, and I was like, oh, I missed it by twenty four hours. Oh. It'll yeah. be back. It'll oh, be back. it'll come back to HBO. Um, but yeah, they already got theater. You know, they're pulling. Things out of theaters quickly. Yeah. Because they're, they're turning around and putting them right back on streaming. Um, unless you're like a Shang, uh, Shang-Chi that's just, you know, dominating the box office. Or what? No. Venom? Is Venom the number one movie? Is it? I thought I thought Bond did pretty good, but I yeah. could be wrong. I thought I thought Bond blew things away oh, okay. this weekend. I felt like I was watching a commercial and it was like, the number one movie in America, Venom 2. It might be. But I feel like they just slapped that onto anything, you know. Num- the number one comic book movie yeah. featuring 
a non-Avenger oh, character. The number one R-rated. R-rated. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Well, I got two other movies uh, amongst uh, my werewolf movies. Not a werewolf in sight in these two. Uh, we watched the 2019 remake of the 1989 film Pet Cemetery. We watched Pet Cemetery. Uh, Pet Cemetery uh, first came out in 1989. It's an adaptation of a Stephen King novel uh, directed by Mary Lambert uh, and starring Dale Midkiff, Fred Gwynn, and uh, Denise Crosby. It is the story of um, the Creed family. Dr. Lewis Creed moves his family into a country house on the dreams the country house of their dreams and discover a pet cemetery at the back of the property. The cursed burial ground deep in the woods brings the dead back to life with minor problems. At first, only the family's cat makes its return trip, but an accident forces a heartbroken father to contemplate the unthinkable. Um, did you watch Pet Cemetery in preparation for this? I did. Yeah, what would you think of... Um, I, I think it. I, I think it's overall just actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing it when I was much younger, and I think it scared the living bejesus out of me. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good movie, and I think I actually texted you while I was you watching did. it that there there is like a section of that movie that is just heavy and heartbreaking as heck. Yeah, my my text me that. And I was like, oh, man, because I was just going to throw it on the background. Because I'd seen Pet Cemetery before. It's been a while, but I've seen Pet Cemetery. I have fond memories of Pet Cemetery. So I was just going to throw it on, take some notes. And then you text me this heavy. It's like, oh, man, i got to pay attention to this. Then I thought, Mike knew, knew what the story of Pet Cemetery was, right? I did. What yeah. was the heavy part? I, I, the, to me, when, when, the, when Gage gets run over, yeah. that is so emotional. And then all through, like, the funeral. And then yeah. the grandfather, like... Blaming him, and then the casket gets knocked from him, like, geez, this is crazy. That's probably the best part of the first movie. It is. is that. Uh, rewatch. I had, so I had said I had fond memories of this, and why you saw it way too young, probably, scared the hell out of me. Uh, I think a lot of people are familiar, anybody who's seen this movie, or if you've heard of this movie, knows about um, uh, Achilles tendons in this. In, when I... As a kid, I saw that and it just terrified the hell out of me. Rewatching it, I was like, "Ooh, that's pretty gruesome for a movie," but not as bad as my child brain right, yeah. remembered it to be. Um, yeah, and, and and I think too, it's uh, the the effects haven't aged as that good. So now you watch it and it looks almost kind of hokey. Yeah, the 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 the. the Ankle cut or whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, we'll get into when we do the remake. The 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 one in the remake, I, you know. So I kind of have I get a little squeamish uh, with like that, you know, cutting like uh-huh. of, of you know stab wounds and stuff when it's like graphically showed. And so we want you know skip ahead to the remake and similarly it happens in there. And it happens. I go, oh, that wasn't too bad. And then he takes a step in and it. Separates. I'm like, oh no, that was way worse. <laughs> yeah, can they kind of do like a, just a poke? You're like, okay, not not not. Didn't look gross, and then yeah, opens up like a hammer. Yeah. Um, you know, rewatching it, I uh, so I remember this being really spooky. I just also um, I, I don't want to be too nerdy in this. And be like, oh well, the book was better, and in the book it did. It. But 
I love this. This is probably my favorite Stephen King book. This was the first Stephen King book I ever read. Oh, and it's it's probably the one. Yeah. I mean, I've read most of them. This is the one that like reading it scared the hell out of yeah. me. Um, and so I always kind of held the Pet Cemetery as because uh, a lot of Stephen King movies, especially in the, of this time period, uh, were bad. Yeah, and yeah. Um, Pet is one of those. I was like, wait, is it bad or no? This is the one that's actually good. Rewatching it. I do think this is still one of his better stories. The acting in this, though, I think is really bad. <laughs> Even though that powerful, and, and when yeah. Ga- when Gage dies, I I still think that's a very emotional scene. But then they still just kind of add like hokiness to it. You know, the mom yelling, "Get the baby!" It just I, I got like Elaine from Seinfeld vibes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> gotta see the baby. Baby, yeah, get the baby. It's like, hey, just. This should be, uh, like, just the the way they did it, and, and the dad running in slow motion, yelling. I was like, that's all they needed. They didn't need a bunch of... I feel like this movie was almost caught in between of, like, do you want to be this, like, gory, 80s kind of slasher effects movie? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be a, kind of almost like a psychological thriller about grief? You know, heavy grief. Because that, that's really what the, you know, that's really what the story is it's yeah there's this place this guy knows he put his cat there the cat comes back the cat's evil or the cat's not the same but when the ultimate tragedy strikes how far would you go and that's really what the movie you know is examining and that stuff you know after Gage gets hit probably right up to the end I'm invested in that part of the Pet cemetery, But then, like, the stuff leading up, there's just some kind of corny acting. Um, none by Fred Wynn, though. I like that guy. That Fred Wynn's great. Yeah. Fred Wynn is fantastic. Yeah. He's got one of the best lines um, when he's he's sitting on the porch, and he mm. says, you done done it, old man. Now oh. you gotta undo it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he falls asleep. <laughs> I do like that. He, has, he, he brings a six pack out a six pack of Budweiser he doesn't crack a single one but he falls asleep he, he knows he's having this he knows he did it or he, he feels guilt over what happened he's like you gotta uh, you done did it old man you done you did it old man now you gotta undo it why'd you bring the beer I, 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 I've thought about that scene a and lot of times and I'm like okay so he brings the beer out thinking He's going to catch Dr. Creed, like, leaving his house. Yeah. Because he knows what's going on, what he's thinking. Yeah. And at this point, and, um, Creed, Creed's not there. He, right. He's digging up Gage. So he, he's thinking he's going to catch him cut leaving the house. He's just going to invite him over, have a six-pack, yeah. just talk it out. You know, keep him distracted, yeah. talk some sense into him. That's one theory I have. The other theory is... He's gonna come out. He needs he he needs some refreshment to to keep him going. But if he would have started drinking the beer and then fell asleep, that would have made sense. Yeah. But he doesn't. So really, he should have come out with a, co- a pot of coffee. That's what he should have done. Um. But yeah, that is just the weird. I just was like, six pack of beer doesn't drink any of them. Fall asleep. Yeah. Okay. He's old. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, Fred. The, the acting. Um, the Creed family, uh, the best act, the best actor among the four is a two-year-old boy. <laughs> yeah, so that's not saying a lot for them. But Fred Gwynn saves this whole movie. I mean, hit him when uh, after 
Gage gets hit by the truck and him just at the house, like, having to, like, take care of everybody, he's great in that. Yeah, yeah he gets all the cool lines, you know. Did yeah. old man. I mean, he gets he's the one who gets to do the tagline. Sometimes, dude, it's better. And then, um, you know, the man's heart is stony on all that stuff. Um, yeah, Fred Gwynn, great. Uh, Pascal grows on me as the movie goes. Don't you know? He kind of gets a sense of sense of humor at the more he's dead. Yeah, it wasn't there in the beginning. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting uh, choice they they made with him. It's weird how um, yeah, as it went, he's like, yeah. well, it's a living. Yeah, kind of kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But we're definitely in the beginning. I mean, very... I, I I didn't I didn't hate Doctor Creed uh, terribly. I, I thought that guy was fine. What was yes? But it did it did the whole thing kind of has a made for TV feel. To yeah, it, it kind of has that. Even though it's clearly not with. You know the gore and oh yeah no this was you know um, uh, you know had an eleven million dollar budget made fifty seven million dollars uh, um, in the in the box office fifty one percent of Rotten Tomatoes based on thirty five uh, critics reviews um, the critical consensus is a bruising horror flick that wears its quirks on its sleeves sometimes to the detriment of its scare factor um, yeah I. I don't, I don't. I I I wonder if that is alluding to like some of its caught in between, like. But uh, yeah, the you know, the the guy who plays um, uh, Lewis is so he stars in this and then really just doesn't do anything else. Um, Fred Gwynn, of course, is Fred Gwynn. You know, he's Herman Munster in a million movies. Yeah, and then uh, the woman was. Um, not a lot of movie roles, but she was on Star Trek: Next Generation. Yeah, she she's a, a face you recognize yeah. instantly. She's yeah, Star Trek and the, yeah, Next Generation, ton tons of TV stuff. Yeah, she's a, she's in a lot of places. Yeah, you'd recognize her. Uh, and then, yeah, the kids didn't really go on to to do much after this. But yeah, I can't think of narrow down the the definitely um, Mama Creed. I, I don't can't Rachel. Um, I felt like she, there was a ton of just overacting on her part where I was just like, hey, let's, let's calm it down, lady. You know, her, her retelling um, the Zelda stuff. Uh, although Zelda freaked me out as a kid and kind of freaked me out as an adult. <laughs> so, uh, but some of that was overacting. Then, yeah, when Gage gets hit and her, you know, save the baby. Um, you know what I think it was with, with uh, Lewis is after, uh, he doesn't get to save Gage, you know, and uh, it's, it, it, you kind of hit with this emotional, you know, moment, and it's just the bloody shoe. But then he has to do the no. <laughs> that didn't work for me. Also, when Pascal does it, I just don't think people need to yell no. <laughs> with pa- when he's carrying, that's actually some good acting by Lewis. Is when uh, you know he has to carry Rachel, and he's like, you know, again, he, he buried his cat. It didn't work out. He buried his son. It didn't work out. Now he's going to go bury his wife because the, it's, it's grief, right? He, yeah, he's dri- he, he, driven to insanity yeah, he by is, his grief. He's yeah. convincing himself, no, this time, this time it'll work. Yeah. Uh, that's actually good acting. And then Pascal has to ruin it. I feel like that was the movie. It was just like, man, this is good stuff. And then someone has to yell no. And the scene is like, you just took me out of it. <laughs> Which is you know, him saying, like, no, this time it'll work. And he walks through Pascal. And Pascal turns around. No! And then disappears. <laughs> uh, it just was... Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, 51% Rotten Tomatoes. Kind of 
It's about probably where I have it. It's yeah. you know two and a half, maybe a three star movie. Um, definitely some the scary stuff still. Um, you know, if you show this to an eight year old, it's it's gonna be it's scary. Gonna scare the shit out of it's a kid. Yeah, scare yeah, the shit out of an eight year old. Flash forward twenty nineteen. We are in the the Stephen King Assance. Yes, this is uh, this yeah. is after it. This is all these Netflix movies coming out. There's there's Stephen King Hulu everywhere. show, Hulu shows. Yeah. yeah, he's got all that stuff going. Guy's still putting out five books a year. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, uh, Stephen King uh, also wrote the screenplay for the nineteen. Yeah, I saw him credited for it. Yeah, but I'm not sure how much I buy into that. So, and I believe it because I believe this is a thing with him is that and. Kind of what I thought was the unevenness of the movie is that he is, I think he's a very good novel writer. I think he's a bad screenplay writer. Um, he's kind of maybe hokey in a little, a little bit. But yeah, so he gets the, the screenplay writing credit for this. He also gets screenplay writing credits for the 1982 uh, Creepshow anthology series or anthology movie. It's three stories. Silver Bullet, 1985, which I also think suffers from this uneasiness. At least that one, I feel like leans into its comedy so it's like oh yeah the horror comedy works in this one um and then of course 1986 maximum overdrive uh wrote and directed that and um got that sweet acdc soundtrack though yeah he also loves doing that and i guess we can talk about it for both um look i think it's cool that the ramones wrote a song uh, based on the title of one of your books it's a weird music cue at the end of a movie about uh, a little kid getting hit by a truck <laughs> to like have this like emotional and then the end uh, you know uh, it's kind of we're kind of left on this like big like jump scare moment kind of thing and then just like don't want to be buried in a pit I, I, he loves his rock music yeah and the thing with the Ramones too like the, the Ramones I'm a huge Ramones fan mm-hmm and they are, they're a band, they don't write a lot of serious tunes. Yeah. And clearly, Pet Cemetery, the song, is not serious by any means. No. To, yeah, to, to have that tacked into the, the end credits, I mean, like, wh- when, when the kid gets hit by the car, the truck driver's listening mm-hmm. to Sheen is a Punk Rocker. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah, the I forgot, yeah, this was the yeah, the Ramones mm-hmm. are in this, and then and then it's like, oh yeah, did yeah, they just threw it in the end credits. That was doesn't done work. That it, song just doesn't work. It does not work. It, it's yeah. a great Ramones song. Yep. It's not a good Pet Cemetery <laughs> movie song. It's not. It just and I think that's some of the that's Stephen King going. Uh, I, I I peak cocaine period maybe. And he's like, I'm gonna write this movie, and, and, I'm, uh, and I'm Stephen King. I'm gonna call Johnny yeah, and Dee themselves, and we're gonna get a song written. What movie did we do? Wicker Man. Remember Wicker Man? And it was dedicated to one of the Ramones yeah. who obviously passed away, and we we were so confused. It was just Nick Cage and him watched the original Wicker Man once, and so he wanted. To, that's what drove Nick Cage. <laughs> the Ramones they got their fingerprints all over horror. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> just the end of the movie, you watch it, and then you just get hit with the, this Ramones too. It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, guess you call him a favor. I yeah, mean, but I guess I mean maybe it 
Maybe the whole point was to lighten the mood at the end of it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the Wu-Tang Clan. If I wrote a horror movie, a real serious horror movie about grief and child murder or child death, I don't know if uh, Protect Your Neck needs to come on right at the end of the movie, you know? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're in the middle of the, the, the King of Sants. Um, we get a remake to Pet Cemetery in 2019, this time directed by Kevin Colch and uh, Dennis Winmeyer. They are a directing team. Um, this is 30 years, right? 30 years later. 30, yeah. So 89 yeah. to 19. Yeah, on, on the on the very year. Um, yeah, they're a directing team. They, they really didn't do much before this uh, or much after. They are... Um, rumored, or yeah, I think it's in pre-production. So who knows if they can get off the ground to be doing a sequel to uh, uh, like a 2017. I think Guillermo del Toro produced movie called Mama. They're doing Mama Two. Um, but yeah, they're not, not not a big IMDb for these two guys. Um, we bring in Jason Clark, Amy. Uh, Semets and John Lithgow to play uh, the Creed family and uh, uh, Judd, uh, respectively, had a uh, so in this movie follows much of the similar beats. Um, oh, I think they give even less away in their synopsis. Uh, Pet Cemetery. Uh, so in this one, Doctor Lewis Creed and his wife Rachel moved from Boston to Ludlow in rural Maine with their two young children. Hidden in the woods near the family home, Ellie, the eldest daughter, discovers a mysterious cemetery where the pets of community members are buried. Uh, was this your first time seeing Pet Cemetery? It was. Yeah. Uh, what was just kind of your initial thought? What, what before? So you, you hadn't seen it before. Was there any, like, what, what kind of thoughts did you have going into it? Have you heard anything about this movie? And, I honestly, I haven't heard a th- I haven't heard a thing about it. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing a preview in theater, and the preview I saw... I believe it may have been when I went to see it. Was this before or after? That was about right. Yeah, this would have been post the first. Okay, so there there was a preview, and it was just the kids with the procession through the woods with the masks on. Yeah, and I was like, first I was all I was like, what the hell is this? This looks amazing. Uh And then they're like, did you know Pet Cemetery? I'm like, hell yeah! Let's redo the Pet Cemetery. That's all. I, I had no inkling if it was positively, you know, reviewed or or what. I really, honestly, I didn't know who was in it. I just knew it was a thing. Yeah. And you got it on your wall over there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I, and I miss this in theaters, but I, I'm such a Stephen King uh, fan that when it was available in a collective case, I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy that side unseen. And I've always been a, a, a really, I've, go all the way, like, going back to the novel and stuff, I've always really thought that the, the misspelling of cemetery is one of, like, the most clever things that Stephen King has ever done. Oh, I've misspelt it. I don't know, four different times in notes here, <laughs> in writing it here. Because not only do you get the C for the S, right? That's what everybody thinks. It's C for the S. It's also the A's for E. Yes. Yeah. I just think it's such a good artistic thing. Yeah. It makes me question how you actually spell cemetery. Right. Phonically or 
Yeah. Correctly. Yeah, it makes sense. You have all these kids that, you know, the kids are making this pet cemetery that they, you know, if you're eight or whatever, you just spell it how it sounds. Yeah. Yep. And then once it's on the board, no one's going to change it. Yeah. That's sacrilege. <laughs> you can't go change a sign on a cemetery. No, no. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, well, yeah, we'll just kind of dive into to our, our notes here. What, what, what worked for you with Pet Cemetery? The cast worked. Yeah. Um, you know, we we talked about, you know, Fred Gwynn and how great he is, but I, John Lithgow is great. Yes. Um, I have... I really became a huge John Lithgow fan when he did a season of Dexter. Mm. Um, totally changed my outlook on, on him, and I think he he's a good person for this for this role of uh, Judson Crandall. Yeah, um, also smart to get someone with a kind of a you know, yeah, it's a big name. Yeah. Yeah, it is a big. Everyone name. knows John Lithgow. Yeah, it is a big name. That if you're gonna play such an iconic role of uh, Fred Gwynn in this role, yeah, get someone that everyone knows and everyone. I think. I mean, who has a bad thing to say about John Lithgow? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to meet that person. Me either. Yeah. Um, Jason Clark. I I've seen him in things. Oh, guys, in a million things. Um, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, his wife and the children. I. No, from nothing, but yeah, you know, Amy Smets, Smets, Smets. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, yeah, she um, smaller roles in things such as Alien Covenant, uh, You're Next. Uh, she is in the most recent Steven Soderbergh movie, uh, No Set of Moves. But yeah, not a lot of things. I think a lot of people have seen. Unlike you know Jason Clark, who. Um, Maybe not the name you know, but when you run down his credits of like Zero Dark Thirty or you know the Terminator movies that he's in or uh, Planet of the Apes, it's just like, oh yeah, that guy. That guy's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's in stuff and yeah. he's he's good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I really I, I really like the the, the cast and the cast of this and uh, um, you know it helps especially with you know my beef. I watch this kind of back to back and. Watching the first one, I was like, oh, the acting's not great in this. And then kind of watching this, like, oh, these are actors. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it helped. Um, anything else good? Yeah, I mean, um, actually, I got a lot more positive things for this movie. I think um, they, they did some fun stuff with the exposition of, like, you know, Dr. Creed, like, uh, thumbing through the old history book or the newspaper or whatever, mm -hmm. what he was looking at, and you see, like, Prize bull thought dead or yeah like that I I prefer that kind of thing versus the original which was like the flashback yeah. stuff um, and to, that's a positive to me it adds a little more mysterious element to two things yeah um, I also appreciated the introduction to the pet cemetery as this childhood like locals only uh, a tradition not just some hey mom dad there's a path you know like the first one was, hey there's a path and yeah. I can't remember how it is in the book is it just a path from the backyard I can't remember but but to me I think similarly to this one the path there they, they own this big property right. but it's seeing I believe it's seeing kids walk the path okay 
Much like they did this, you know, you're on your property, and then you just see, I mean, the kids weren't wearing, you know, the mask, that, that seems invented for, uh, but it's uh, great for this, yeah. Yeah, that, that whole scene is so, like, creepy and weird to me, I it's, think it's fantastic. It's, um, you know, this story, and I, I kind of say, it's, this is the scariest Stephen King book, like, reading this book, I was like, this is scary stuff, um, and I recently read, reread it as, like, an adult, like, I don't know, five six, seven years ago, and it's still scary. Um, but there's not a lot, like, I say that reading, you know, a book, you can add so much stuff to it. On, on film, though, there's really not a lot of scares in this. You know, it's it's Pascal getting hit and then coming back. Then it's really, you're just kind of waiting. I mean, church coming back is kind of scary because like, what, what's up with this cat? But then you're really kind of just waiting for the end of the movie, and then that, that's, you know, depending on where you want to put it, it's somewhere between... You know, that it could be five minutes of your movie, it could be 20 minutes of your movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so adding creepy kids is, because it is a horror movie, so it's kind of adding these unnerving elements. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I liked it because it was unnerving, but then also as like a person, I'd be like, man, fuck these kids. <laughs> if I saw kids wearing freaky ass masks walking on my property. Put up a fucking fence. I'm putting up a, I definitely put up a sign. <laughs> no. No trespassing. <laughs> no trespassing. By order of mean old man. Yeah. <laughs> fuck your pets. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we'll bury him somewhere else. Scare him in your damn backyard. Yeah, look when they go out to the road, I see other mailboxes. There must be another way to get to this pet cemetery yeah. than through my my property. And I and I think like I, I like that introduction to the pet cemetery itself. Yeah. I think that's cool. Um, Mrs. Creed's um, her character is built a little better. Yes, not just like weird. They just start with the flashbacks and stuff sooner in the film. Yeah. And it just works better for me. I don't know. I just get more of her. I also get more in this one of her... There is kind of... Maybe I remember the book more, but uh, there's this pull between Lewis and Rachel about how to deal with death. And that's a big theme of the thing is... What is there after death? And Rachel is someone who does not want to talk about death at all because she had this traumatic experience when she was a kid. Loses a doctor, you know. For him, it's just like whatever, you know. Every day, yeah. you're a you're a candle that got blown out, and that, that's how he looks at it. In the first one, I really don't feel like you get that big this like philosophical difference in parenting between these two. It really is just Lewis tells uh, Ellie about, hey, we're all gonna die someday, but that's okay. And then we have them in the bat in their bedroom, and then uh, another overacting scene of her just being like breaking down about Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Zelda stuff in the original just seems so like wedged in, right? Where like, this kind of you get more of like Rachel. You and now this actually helps Rachel be more of a developed person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did like that. Um, yeah, a lot more spooks. Um, I liked how the property set up. Um, I roads like that exist in both both movies. I get it. Um, having some trees, it's like, oh yeah, you could totally see how. Uh, I mean, Gage is three; he's gonna wander the road, you know, whether it's a big open field like in the first movie, or you have some trees and it's just like, oh, he just stumbled out of the bushes and now you're in the middle of the road. Yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of like that. Like it's like. That, that, that is a property I think I've seen before. Made just, more sense, yeah. You pull into a driveway in tree. It makes, you know, because we're in, here in Washington. It's like, yeah, like, I, there are roads like that. My my in-laws live on roads like that, yeah. you know. Um, and if, I guess if a big semi was coming down the thing, yeah, you'd 
He'd uh, be hit. Yep. He can uh, very well, yeah. You, know, you mentioned uh, putting up a fence because of creepy kids. Maybe just put up a fence because you, you have small children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not the worst idea. But, you know, they they didn't know. And, and yeah. they, they did just get there. Yeah, but, they, just uh, got, they just got there, yeah. Yeah, probably looking to, looking to get a fence. Yeah. Uh, another positive for me is we didn't... I don't know if it... Yeah. The, 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 the original had this super, super long montage of Judd Crandall taking Dr. Creed out to the Indian burial ground. Yeah. And it just goes on forever. It does. And it, they, they shortened that up a bit in this one. Um, it does it does lend itself to a negative, which we can talk about when we get to the negatives. But yeah, so we don't have a big long hike through the woods. Yeah, because that was ridiculous in that first. Yeah, one. and then uh, you know, so as, as always, we do these uh, spo- spoiler warnings. I, I think you got that from the first movie, but um, I I'll put in the positives. I like the switch from the re- maybe that's a different category when we talk about the differences between the two. But um, you know, I. I thought it was an effective switch. It, it, it got me the first time. It got me. I kind of knew it from the trailer, but even watching it the first time, I still, I was like, well, would the trailer really give it away? And the trailer kind of does give it away. But still, as a first-time watcher, the first time I saw it, I, I was still surprised. And they do a nice switcheroo of yeah, this I, time Lewis, he gets gauged just right at the last second. I wasn't expecting it at all. Yeah. It totally took me by surprise, and that, also, yeah, that's a positive for me. Yeah. That was a nice, I don't know if it's a positive because it's a better choice, or just that it was changing up from the original. Yeah, and maybe, you know, they like said maybe better in the, uh, what difference, you know, the changes between the two, but, you know, when you do a remake, and this is, this is pretty much a straight up remake, little differences like that, I don't think it affects the end of the movie. Yeah. You know, it's not like having him say both kids and Rachel gets hit, I think that would be different uh yeah just a nice nice change uh, what didn't work for you with pet cemetery um let's see it's not the spelling you're, you're it's not the that. spelling i love the spelling um going back to the hype to yeah. the woods that was such a terrible soundstage green scene situation green screen situation yeah uh, i i was i was just insulted by that when they do some of those shots i'm just like where do they want us to think they are? Yeah, it was. I was so disappointed with that. Yeah, absolutely. It, this movie generally looks good. It, you know, as I mean, it's twenty nineteen, but as far as being filmed, it looks good. And then there's just that part where it's like, oh, now it looks bad. Like, yeah. it, it's a very simple movie. You're you're just walking in the woods. Just just walk in the woods. You know. Pick a cool location, do do some cool aerial shots, or yeah. you know, set up your and then you know, set up your ground to be your 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 staged area, you know, and then, but yeah, it does not look great. Um, going to that, and then maybe this is the differences. Uh, I also prefer how uh, Judd um, climbs the uh, barricade in the first movie than to this one. I, he just walks it. He walks like a set of stairs. Um, and you know that's that's pulled directly from the book. Is I think Lewis watches him and says that he ascended like it was there. It's like he knew exactly where to step yep. and moves all the steps. Yeah, and told me, oh, just move quickly and don't look down." Where this was like, "Yeah, well, they're climbing it. I could climb that. Ellie, yeah. Ellie could climb that. Um, I've, climbed, I've climbed piles of crap before. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So that didn't work. This feels 
you know, this is 101 minutes compared to 103 minutes. Uh, I don't know how much time is given to the Ramones in both of these. But they're a very similar thing. But I feel like this one is sped up more to where while I got more Rachel, I don't know, I feel like in the first one I got more... I got more Judd Lewis relationship. I yeah, got more, or having a picnic. Or, yeah, yeah, there was a little more character development for Lewis and the Lewis Ellie relationship, and Lewis and Judd. And this one just, I don't know, it kind of felt like it was moving quickly, um, where you didn't get a lot of um, like John was great, but I don't. It it didn't I didn't feel like Lewis and him were friends. Yeah. Like, they didn't have that moment of sit on the porch drinking beers. Right. Um, and then, you know, and then um, Pascal in this one just... There's nothing. Character. Almost doesn't need to exist. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, the in the first one, he was almost a little over overboard cheesy, yeah. but just to have him walking around and mumbling, I, I wanted to do a little more or just yeah. not be there. It was kind of cheesy in the first one, how, how much personality he gets by the end of it. But, gee, give him something at yeah. least. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was that. And then, um, I, I, while I like the twist and, um, you know, some of the, um, the thrills of it are well done, generally speaking, the third act of this movie kind of wants the... Uh, once the truck happens, I, it kind of falls apart. For it me. does fall apart. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it turns almost into like a into like a slasher movie. Yeah. You know, like trapped in the house, like with a banging on door maniac. You know, having Ellie just like throwing her body against the door. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, and I dangling Gage out the window and 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 I don't know. Did I miss something? But and I like I usually like added mystery and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when when the daughter comes back and he's brushing her hair like the back of her head like like it was surgically yeah what is that from the book I don't remember that well remember, it's Gage who gets hit and yeah in the book but like yeah. was that something Gage has so in the first movie Gage has a scar on his head. I remember the scar I just assumed so is was this. Well, am I to believe that was from the autopsy or from her getting hit? Yes, yeah, that's what. Okay, yeah, I didn't think it was an autopsy. I thought it was. Yeah, she must have cracked the back of her skull. Yeah, I was just so confused. And then they would just like staple it back together to prepare her for right. a funeral. And I and I was like, and I was like, that must have been what it was. But the way they presented it, yeah. the way he looked at it, to me, was like, oh, what the hell happened to her out there? Like, so I was like, were they trying to like say there's some like. It's not Indian burial ground now. It's an alien thing, yeah. you know, and, and they're harvesting brains. Yeah, maybe and, a bit confusing. Yeah, it was a confusing That's how I read it. Was presentation yeah, it's, of that. Uh, that was from where they just prepared her for the funeral. Okay. They had, like, put her... And I think that there is, in the book, when Lewis digs up Gage from the the funeral, he digs him up. And I think when he picks him up, I think there, there's this whole thing about, like... You know, the, yeah, like, they did the best they could to make... Because it was, like, I believe it's a closed casket, and, but they still do the body, and it's like, yeah, his head was all, like, sewn back together from where, you know, he got hit by a truck. Right. Um, yeah, like, that... Her coming... I like the first where Gage comes back, and I believe this is similar to the book. Gage comes back, and immediately he goes after 
Judd. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the, the ground is what, you know, soured him, and Judd has this connection to the, the place, and uh, Gage is, you know, evil, you know, from this place, and he's going after Judd. I, the, the bath, the ballet dancing, didn't, didn't love that. Yeah, I... I kind of like that, to uh, be honest. For, for me, it, it seemed, I don't know, going straight from, from, from white to black, right. like the first one, I, I found this a little more compelling, uh, personally, like, oh, the daughter's home, she's not quite right, but he's going to try yeah. um, to make it right, and, and then he has this moment of, 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 of bliss when he, he sees her doing date, a childhood yeah. thing with the dance, and mm. then... She just starts rampaging. Yeah, like I don't know. I I enjoyed like, that. Like, yeah, um, yeah. It didn't quite the whole last part. And then, of course, you know, it changes. You know, Rachel getting there as early as she does with Gage in, in tow. And then that whole kind of talk about being sped up. Ellie kills Rachel, buries her in the burial grounds in the time it took. Lewis to put Gage in the car and then go chase after them. And then Lewis is then buried and then brought back. It just... I have... Some a, of that was like real... You know, we're, we're asked to uh, have not a, ask a lot of yeah, questions. I have a major issue with the end of this movie. Yeah. Um, and it does start with Ellie killing the mom uh, and burying the mom. Because to me, I'm like, well... You, yeah, that that won't work because if that was like the the how that this the supernatural place worked, uh, then the whole place would have been, would have been these like evil things. Right. Because it would have, the, the first evil thing would have brought the first, you know, and yeah. they didn't really, I don't know if they ever mentioned like is an Indian burial ground in this one. I don't they, think they so. They kind of did think, the Wendigo thing. Right. The, yeah. I, I think I read that in the trivia and in the first, you know, the first movie they really mentioned the, the, the Micmac tribe yeah. uh, in this one. I think they took, they took all references and just kind of mentioned that the native people Left, left the area, area yeah. left the warnings. Yes, but yeah, to me, I'm like, well, if if something that was if a if a person that was buried there came back and came back that bad and could do that, I mean, mm. they could do that. They would have just been killing people and burying them right from the get go, and then everyone would have been evil. Yeah. Uh, so to me, that her being able to bring back should have been like a live human. Had to make had to bury the the, the dead person. Yeah, especially to work. when they talk about you know Judd saying uh, you know it's a kind of a big part of it and you know kind of the metaphor of like hey you know you got to own you got to own the deeds yeah, you do which it's is your cat it's now. your cat now yeah so Ellie you know Lewis has to live with the consequences of his actions which is burying Ellie who then goes on to kill Judd and then his own wife. The, the fact, you know, that Ellie now is just kind of, like, recruiting a zombie army, like, it's, it's yeah, I don't, I don't love that yeah. change. Um, and then it takes away one of the cooler scenes of both the book and the, the, the first movie, which is, yeah, Lewis having to put down his child again, but then also being driven mad with grief, and he says, no, but I'm going to bury my wife. It's going to work this it's time. It's going to work this it's time. Good. We don't get yeah, that. We it's get so it. brilliant. It's going to work this time. Yeah. It's going to work this time. And yeah. we know it's not going to work. Right. And yeah, you can play solitaire. It's not going to... Yeah. Um, yeah. So the fact that we don't get that, and we just kind of get this zombie family coming back, and I mean, 
fucked up. <laughs> the, you know, the, the movie, the, the, the last scene of this movie, which is a, a three-year-old boy unlocking the car door because it's his family, and of course he's going to trust his family. Like, definitely a fucked up ending. It but, is. It's crazy. Yeah. They're, they're going to kill that baby. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, you don't see it. Yeah. You assume it. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of this movie, they show us that the door's open. The door's open. Yeah. And, but, you still don't see it. Yeah, you so don't did, see it. Did, did someone come out of the woodwork to make the save, and are we starting a franchise here? <laughs> That's what I see, right? Uh, so I did pull this from the trivia, is that there originally was a different, uh, a different ending uh, that was written in the script that apparently just they didn't go with, which was... Uh, it would show, so you would still have Ellie, Rachel, Lewis die, and you know, or Lewis would get stabbed by Rachel, and then we'd have that. It would then cut to Gage walking up the middle of the road by himself. Don is approaching, and a truck is heard coming. You think, oh my god, he's going to get hit in the road. That's how this is going to end. Uh, then at the last second, a woman, just a woman, pulls him out of the road, rescues him, and says, where's your mommy and daddy? And that's how the movie would end. And I always think that's like a, that's a more effective ending. Because then we get that, fuck, this kid's going to get hit by a truck anyways. Yeah. He gets pulled, but then we get this, where's your mommy and daddy? And then as an audience, we go, oh, they're dead. And now this kid's going to grow up an orphan. Uh, much like Ellie in the first, like Ellie's now an orphan in the first one. Right. We, you know, we don't get to see that, but... We know what happens. <laughs> yeah, and I guess maybe like I'm choosing to to keep it ambiguous in my head. You have me out of way. Because yeah, and and I think it's because I in the back of my mind I start like I think about the the Hulu series. Yeah. Where like it's in Stephen King land, but yeah. there's like loose connections. Yeah. From the stories and stuff, and I'm like, whoa, oh, is Gage show up in that show somewhere as this orphan kid that they don't know where he came from? Right as the it, the the car unlocks, boop boop. Right as that happens, you're like, "Fuck, this kid's about to get again." And then the loser club shows up, and then they have a rock war. Yeah. With the zombie family, and they get away, and then Gage is raised by Finn Wolfhard, and uh, <laughs> everybody rejoices. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the kid's fucking dead. Yeah. And buried. Ba- no, and buried. Back alive. Yeah. Uh, were there any? Uh, so the, you know, that was kind of. Were there any other changes? Were there any changes that you liked that they did from the original, or anything else that just didn't work for you? Um, I, 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 as I mentioned, I, I, I liked the the more of of Zelda. Yeah. But I didn't like the additional body horror of Zelda. Oh yeah, that was. Freaky. It was freaky. And oh, then like Rachel having her dream. Yeah, yeah. Freaky and gross. I didn't like that. I didn't like the Ellie face change to Crandall's wife. Didn't love that. Um, I don't remember how that's handled in the book. In the book, Gage taunt Gage cuts um, Judd much how he does in, in the first one, and then he is he taunts. He doesn't just straight up kill him like in the first movie. Yeah. He taunts him. He says, "Hey, I I saw your wife in hell. Like I I was in hell. Your wife's in hell." And then he can mimic her voice. Yeah. And so he starts talking to her. Um, his wife is alive in the book. Right. And then dies. And then dies. Yeah. Has a heart attack. Um, yeah. And then uh, Gage taunts him, <clears throat> saying, "Oh, your wife. You know, your wife's in hell." 
um, she never she blames you or something like that. And then you know Judd's having this like you know you're not you know you're not gay you're not my wife. And then and then, then he gets got. Yeah, and and in the first movie they they didn't really allude to him burying his wife at all, did they? In the first movie, is he, he's just a uh, oh I don't think they mentioned his wife. No, it was all. just all, all he buried out there was his dog. Yes. Well, Judd doesn't bury his wife in the Pet Cemetery. Not, not in the book. Not in the book. Yeah. But in this movie, they clearly said they clearly made it clear to me that he buried her and brought her back. Oh, did? And oh, see, I never got that. And that's me. why I. That's what I feel like they did. Yeah. Like I feel like they're telling me Ellie's saying, turning into her. You did. You did. You did the same to her. She suffers because of this, oh. and I'm suffering, so now you're going to suffer. Maybe, okay. That's what I feel like they're going I mean, his there. wife is such a minor... I mean, Ellie goes to Judd's house and is like, oh, there's a picture of your wife. Wow, she's pretty. And that's really the only reference you get. And then, yeah. fast forward an hour and 20 minutes later, and then he, her face turns into his yeah, wife. Yeah, I, I kind of... I feel like they made it... To me, they made oh. it seem like he buried her out there, brought her back, realized okay. things were right, and then, like, maybe... Because in this one... In the first movie, Judd tells Lewis, "Yes, someone did try to bring a human back once, right? And then it's the it's the it's the the kid who from Vietnam, right? Right? Uh, and then we know what happens to him. You know, vigilante mob has to go and deal with it. In this one, I don't think there's any reference to a human being brought back. So maybe it Just, makes sense there that is, there is in the reading when when he's going through the, okay. he's going through the the okay. history. But maybe yeah. So they save it for." Yeah, someone did try to bring him back. It was Judd. Right. He tried it. That's that's what I feel yeah. like they were doing. Was but they were trying to be subtle with it? Maybe, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. Um, Pascal, just, yeah, I think I've already mentioned it, just didn't didn't love just the addition of him in this movie. Uh, he, If done correctly, he's kind of an important figure. Yeah. Um, especially with, in the first one, how Rachel comes back. And that Ellie, almost, you know, Stephen King, everything connected. She's almost got like uh, like the shining, like like the shining gift that she can talk to Pat. You know, she kind of gets these glimpses of Pascal, and he's telling her, um, you know, your dad's gonna do something bad, and so Rachel has to go back. And this one, he's just kind of standing there in the corner, and mm-hmm. then Rachel's just like, ah, I'm hopping in the car and going. I I like in the first one how like and you see Gage kind of freak. Gage can see him. Gage can see, but him. like yeah. Yeah. he's saying Pascal. Yeah. Um. I like in the first one how. She almost misses the gate, and then uh, oh, there there are no cars, but oh, there's this one car, and then I think yeah, the I car think. breaks down. It's like all these like forces. There's just there's just this there's just this evil thing that's trying to keep her at bay because it wants mm-hmm. Lewis to do what he's going to do. Yeah, I think there's this middle ground that they 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 didn't get. They should have got with Pascal. Yeah, and. Uh, the the first movie would have hit it had they not put in the goofy crap. Yeah, at the end. made them such a yeah. This yeah, this movie would have got it if they would have had a Pasco actually. Yeah, maybe like yeah, give them something to do. Yeah, subtly changing things. And it makes sense. If there's this evil force in the world, that there's this good force in the world. It's Pascal, just because Lewis was there trying to save his life at the end, right there as he passes on to the spirit life, he's there to. There's this connection. He's there to warn Lewis and say, "Hey, don't don't do what you're gonna do," and then try to help him as much as he can. Um, would you like to see a sequel to this movie? Uh, 
Pet Cemetery in nineteen eighty nine did get a sequel. Pet Cemetery two mm. came out like two years later. Mm. That's a that's an interesting one for this particular movie. Yeah. Do you want to see the the the, the Creed uh, family zombie right show? I guess yeah. Given, given the the ending of this movie, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to see one. What if I told you that there is going to be a prequel directed by the team of Colchin Windmeyer, and it has already been greenlit, and it's starting to film, and it's going to be on Paramount Plus. Are you interested? I'd be interested. I. I'm sort of on the fence with Paramount Plus in general. They had the Stan miniseries, which um, got mixed reviews, so I haven't dipped in. One day I am going to do a free seven-day trial, just trying to knock all the Stephen King stuff out. I can't, because I think they also have, like... They have the Twilight Zone um, updated series, but I think they also have, like... I think Creepshow came back. I think it's on Paramount Plus. Mm. Um, This prequel is going to uh, center around a young Judd, which... If your your interpretation is that he buried his wife, that actually makes it interesting. Otherwise, I was like, well, that's not an interesting story. We know, yeah. The whole point of the Pet Cemetery, the book, is that this was kind of like it happened once, but really, Gage coming back was like the scariest thing that's happened with the Pet Cemetery. If they really wanted to do a prequel, the the, the one I'm interested in is go back to the Native Americans, mm. like make it like a. 17, seven in the 1700s or something and have uh, you know the Micmac tribe come across this sour land and ha- how do they find out it was yeah how do they find out it was evil or put the uh, the Winnebago in it and uh, make that the evil force the Winnebago <laughs> the Windigo Win- I think it, Windigo Windigo yeah like that's that's the prequel I was like yeah let's, let's go back to the origins of this I don't want to see young Judd has to kill his dog twice yeah, but if he buried his wife, now that's that's intriguing. That's interesting. That's interesting. Or, or but I mean, I do think I, I'm interested in it. I think it'd be kind of cool if, like, you know, a lot of it is him being this protector of lands, trying to keep people out. Yeah. Until eventually, he, he succumbs to his own weakness and yeah. buries his wife. Yeah. You know, his own grief. Which, which kind of similar to the book, I think. You know, he knows what's he knows what's up with the land. I mean, he's the one who shows Lou. He obviously knows what's up there. He buried his own dog there. He has to kill. He's he's part of the mob that kills the kid who goes back from Vietnam. It makes sense. He is the protector. He's the one who keeps people away until eventually his own wife dies, and then that's the breaking point. Yeah. And now the land's got its like hooks in him, and that's what convinces him to tell Lewis about it. Um, what about another remake? Too soon, I think. It is too soon. Though, I think... I wish there was a... Like you said, there was a middle ground. I think the first movie is the better script. And this is the better actors. And I wish that there was a marriage of these two movies. Put them together. And uh, I think you'd have some really... You know, like... Having Jason Clark and Amy... uh, um, Samets deal with like have them in the gauge scene and then them at the funeral and Jason Clark getting punched out by uh, you know whoever we want Charles dances the the, the father uh, <laughs> yeah like, that I think would would be real heavy because they could actually pull off like even more so than the actors in 1989 did but uh, yeah two, yeah you know 1989 it's not Spider-Man you can't just run it back two years later yeah that's true <laughs> Unless we get Pet Cemetery into the Pet Cemetery universe, 
Yeah, I mean the the king verse. The, yeah, or it's called the kingdom. Oh, the kingdom. Yeah, I like that. Do you need to see the first one to? Uh, no, one? no. I think you can go right into this one blind, and, and yeah. I mean it's a little different than the first, but it's still Pet Cemetery. The gist is there. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 effective remake. Yeah, if you never saw the first one, you can just watch this. Yeah, one. you'll understand it. Um, oh, just because it is a remake, it is so closely similar. Uh, recasting call. Is there? If you were casting this movie based on the the, the lineup given to you. Who from the 1989 movie would make it into your cast? I think probably an easier way to put it. Who? We're talking the big, the, the main We're talking the four kids. You got to, you got to cast four kids: Judd and Pascal. I, I'll take the original Gage. Yeah, he was good. He was good. His watching that it is like I I I'm not joking when I say I think he was the best actor. His no fair at the end. Yeah. It's kind of it's a little campy but it's also like heartbreaking because yeah. he is just a fucking he's a yeah. baby yeah yeah i did and i liked him walking around with the cane and, and the hat and oh, i liked him i liked him showing the portrait of like some kid in a cane hat at the grandparents yeah house. and then he's wearing it yeah i thought that was awesome yeah um and he also looks terrifying wheeling a scalpel yeah he does i'll fucking punt that kid <laughs> but also i get it he's a kid yeah so I, i'd go original kid yeah um Honestly, I think I probably got original Ellie. Oh, uh, so I take new Ellie. You take new Ellie. Old Ellie, when she tells and she gets the better speech about saying, "Tell God to get his own cat," or "Tell God to take his own cat." But then when she runs to the couch and like cries in her arms, is like, "You're a fake crying kid." <laughs> <laughs> um, I go new cat. Oh yeah, I go new cat. New church, yeah. I go new Mrs. Creed. Yeah. I think I take old Doctor Creed over. I, Jay, I like Jason Clark. Yeah. But I thought I thought he would. The original guy was okay. I, th- I liked him. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they do this on purpose. Those guys look alike. They kind of do. Yeah. Like they kind of have this like similar like cheekbone, yeah. squinty eye structure. Um, I go Jason Clark though. I, yeah. Yeah. And then man, Crandall's tough. Yeah. See, I mean, that's, that's we're the talking hard about one. two legends, right? Yeah. Uh, but I. I I think I go Lipko. Ooh, I go Fred Gwynn. Accent alone. Teeth I like alone. Reasoning. I like your reasoning on that. Yeah, I I do wish they would have given <coughs> Lipko the the line. You done done it, old man. Yeah, now you got to undo it. He at least makes sense that he drinks the beer and passes out. And right, we're allowed to believe that um, Lewis drugged him. Yeah. Which uh, I think that's actually in the book too. Is that Lewis and, drugs? And just and just left them out by the bonfire. Yeah, <laughs> threw a blanket like, over him. And she goes, "Oh yeah, no, we, we partied, old we man. Partied. Yeah, I tore it up. I got a headache too. Do you remember we called an Uber? Yeah. <laughs> um, if I okay, if you have to, you've seen both of these. Would which one would you watch first? Oh man. I think I'm going to watch the original first for one reason. I think the original actual Pet Cemetery looked a lot better than the new Pet Cemetery. Yeah. The introduction to the new Pet Cemetery is better with the kids, but the old Pet Cemetery just looked 
better to me. You know why? Because it's an actual... They, they just put that there. It's not just this blue-screened, yeah, yeah, swampy... I just liked it. I liked all the little messages we got to see yeah. on, the, on the little makeshift tombstones was and a goldfish. stuff. I liked all that. That just seemed more of a kid's pet cemetery to mm. me. The new end was 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 uh, very Ari Aster. Yeah. Like, just creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wonder, yeah. The, okay, so we said, you know, do we want to make, obviously it's too, too, too soon to do this. I think both movies kind of, eh, maybe I'll say this for the, you know, did, did we need it section. Um, I equally, I almost equally like and dislike these movies almost the same. I, I feel the same as you. And, yeah. But it's for two different parts. I like the first part of the second movie, and I like the end of the first movie. So I almost want to watch. Can I watch the first part of Pet Cemetery up until the birthday party, and then I just flip it on? And now they're at a picnic. You should do the mark edit. Yeah, the mark, and then his gauge gets hit. By then, yeah. from there, I'm I'm down. Do the mark um, edit. Put it on YouTube. But if I gotta pick one, it's it's the first one. It's the first one for me too. I'm 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 rewatching that. Um, Evil Gauge, Fred Gwynn, Better Looking Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Church and his weird glowing eyes. Yeah. Um, and finally, did we need it? I'm gonna say I I think we did need it, given yeah. we are having a a, a a Stephen King resurgence. I think that was an obvious choice. Yeah. To to get remade. I mean, we're not gonna remake Maximum Overdrive. No. Or are we? Are we, yeah, are, we, I, are we getting the thinner remake? I think, I think we did need it. I think, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't hate. I don't dislike. This, but I, I think I gave it a positive review. Like I, I enjoyed watching it as a movie. Maybe it's just how much I really enjoy the book and, and how you know it is my favorite one. I feel like this one and the nineteen eighty nine they both kind of missed the mark for me. So I'm saying no, we didn't need it. But I would love to see it remade eventually again. And I want a guy like Ari Aster to direct it. I want the hereditary Pet Cemetery, because that's going to get into some, that's going to get into some grief. Yeah. And then if, yeah. They, want, if they want to do a, a jet, you know, like how they switched Gage for Ellie in this one, instead of Lewis uh, being the doctor, it's Rachel's the doctor. Put um, uh, who's the woman from Hereditary? Um, that great actress. Yeah, Colette. Yeah, Tony Collette. Tony Collette. She gets to be uh, Louise Creed. Alright. Yeah. And then uh, she gets to go bury Gage and then have to put him back down and then bury her husband. It may look weird her car- her carrying him. Maybe he's a slight guy. I don't know. Maybe she's strong. <laughs> I don't, I've never met her. I'm not going to say she can't carry a 160 no, no. pound man. You know, you know, you hear about like, you know, women lifting cars off of their kids after car oh, accidents. You after know, her like, husband, the love of her life yeah, is murdered. Grief and adrenaline, all that mixed yeah. together. You never know what At, superhuman strength people are, are able yeah, to do. Because of something she's done, yeah, she can, she can carry. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to cast the rock opposite her, but you know. <laughs> you know. Oh, we'll, we'll be back, Jason Clark. Well, what if the rock plays Judd Crandall? Rock's Judd Crandall. We bring out Jason Clark, Tony Collette, but she's the doctor. That's the big twist. The woman's the doctor. The doctor's the mother. You know. Maybe we even put in that that riddle. Gage is hit by a truck. They bring him to the doctor, and then the doctor says, "I can't operate on this boy. He's my son." 
Remember that from when yeah. we were a kid? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, man. It's the Bob, right? Like, <laughs> how old is that riddle? <laughs> we put that in there, and, and then that's the twist. We go, oh, she's a doctor. Lewis stays at home. <laughs> and, and but Plus, they hire help. Also, like, that in the first one. That was a nice yeah. little thing to have kind of in there. And then we add this extra death element to yeah. it of having yeah. this woman commit suicide, which is also adds to, like, the darkness of the first movie. Yeah. Um, I completely... I can't believe we didn't mention that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah, just not him. It's like, oh, yeah, that was another element that was, like, gives you that just, like, dark, heavy feeling. Yeah. Like, oh, this feels like, like suicide. This woman was so sick and in so much pain. Like, she took her life. Um... Yeah, that no one commits suicide in this one. No, Ari Aster directed it. You have so many suicides. Yo, we got people jumping off cliffs. <laughs> yeah. <and> <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, he directs that, and Gage gets hit by the truck. We're gonna have the whole head coming off like in Hereditary. You know, <laughs> rolling down the hill. Uh yeah, that's what I want to see. Pet Cemetery, the the Ari Aster, the Ari Aster cut. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Pet Cemetery. Yeah, I said I didn't. I didn't. Hey, I just don't. I don't love either one of these, but they're both good watches for spooky, spooky. Yeah, season. they're good spooky, spooky watches. They're, I'm with you. They're they're fine. Yeah, they're yeah. both just. It's a push. Yeah, it's, it was a it's push. A push. Yeah. But this one, and it's weird how they both just kind of you know one did a really good first half, the other one did a really good second half. It's just you know, um, like I said, maybe maybe that's. Uh, is Elijah Wood who does like the Star Wars edits? Uh, that he goes and doesn't Elijah Wood go and take Star Wars and like cut him in like chronological order or something like that? Oh, I don't know. I, there's something weird with Elijah Wood does something weird. I think it's Elijah Wood where he goes and he re-edits movies. I think it's Elijah Wood, and he does his own edits to them. Hmm. Um, yeah, he should do the ultimate uh, Pet Cemetery cut. Yeah, yeah, he should. Yeah, maybe add some uh, Pet Cemetery two in it. Oh, yeah, throw some pieces from that. I don't think I've seen that. The only thing I remember is that it's the dad. They bury the dad of the pet cemetery. He's a cop. He comes back. He's obviously a zombie cop monster now. And he... <laughs> the most dangerous of monsters. <laughs> yes. Uh, I say, what's the difference, you know, from today's police? Uh, at one point, I think he takes a dirt bike tire, and he, like, revs it against a kid's face. Ooh, I... That's the only scene I remember. I have seen that movie, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know if he actually even connects with it. I think he's like threatening the kid with it, but that's all I remember is that yeah, he, there's a kid on the ground and he has like the dirt bike tire and he's um, threatening the kid's face with it, which is terrible. And is it Vincent D'Onofrio? No, it's um, uh, uh, Clarence Brown. No, 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 what's his name? Uh, Clancy Brown. Uh, now. Uh, You've you've seen this guy in a million things. Uh, I feel like yeah, I, I feel like I've seen the the motorcycle scene, and I would recognize Clancy Brown from Sha- he was uh, the evil guard in Shawshank Redemption. I'm looking, I'm yeah, looking. My oh that, yes, yep. that guy, yep, that's <clears throat> the guy. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, Eddie Furlong, Anthony Edwards is in that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so yeah, just add, add a couple clips to that in, in, into this ultimate edit. Uh, yeah, if you have thoughts on Pet Cemetery, uh, you can email us at dbtgpodcast.gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. What'd you do the Ramon song at the end of this one? A little slowed down cover? Um, as a purist, I didn't like it. Yeah. 
Um, you want that punk rock? You want this? I mean, it was it was fine. I uh, guess. Fun little um, little wink and nod to the to the Ramones. Uh, yeah, the truck driver in the first one I was listening to. Uh, Sheena is a punk rocker, and in this one, uh, no punk rock music is playing. But the call he is getting on a cell phone, a woman named Sheena. Sheena, yeah. So that's a fun little. That's right. Fun little. How do you do? <laughs> uh, Another thing I noticed. I don't know if it was an Easter egg or just a coincidence. In the first one, the number on the semi truck is six six six. Mark of the Beast. Mark of the Beast. Yeah, I think that's an Easter egg. Yeah, I, I feel that. like it is. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't coincidence. No, and yeah. I was looking for it in this one, it's not. Yeah. In this one, uh, Judd is at the birthday party telling children about the story about a St. Bernard who killed four people, which is an awful story to tell, uh, I don't know, eight-year-olds, Yeah. but it's also tied to Cujo. Yeah, so, Cujo. Uh, yeah. yeah. All types of Easter eggs uh, <laughs> spread out spread out through these. Um, yeah. Uh, if you have more of those, you can email us. Uh, find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, leave, leave us a comment if you want us to uh, do more of the Stephen King Dome. I don't know if he has a lot of well, the Pet Cemetery too, uh, but yeah, I guess a lot of stuff is getting remade, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I feel like, or maybe we're just getting television adaptations, and I feel like it's all being remade again. Could be. Yeah. Or, you know, it's one of those things you read a book and now you see a movie and you go, hey, this has been done twice. Um, we don't do book club, though. No, yeah. That would be so much work. So much work. Oh, man, if we had to read a book and then watch and a movie. watch four hours of movies yeah. and a book in every, every two weeks. Yeah. I, I wouldn't get it done. I'd listen to the book on tape. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you, if you want to do the Shining miniseries, we might make a, uh, an exception and do a television if we get enough emails. And we'll put it at six. Six six six. We get if we get that that many requests to do the uh, Stephen Weber Shining, okay, made for TV movie, directed by Stephen King himself. Uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week. Uh, next week we come back with uh, we continue Spooky Season. It'll be into November, but uh, it will be a new release. We're going to do Halloween Kills, which is a prequel. Uh, it, it is the sequel to a sequel. But we're going to skip Halloween 2018. We're going right to Halloween Kills, uh, the third installment of this timeline. And to and to briefly uh, advise me, yeah, which of the Halloween movies are canon? Okay, yes, for your timeline. Yeah, I don't want you to watch Season of the Witch and be like, I wasted my time watching Season of the Witch again. I don't want you to watch Curse of Michael Myers and be like, how come there was no mention of the Cult of Thorns in this Halloween Kills? <laughs> I don't want to watch H H two O and go. Wait, Josh Hartnett's her kid, but then why is there a different kid in this one? For canon reasons, you got to watch Halloween nineteen seventy eight, Halloween twenty eighteen, Halloween Kills. Okay, those are those cool. are those are the, cool. the movies. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen twenty eighteen yet or Kills. Yeah. So yeah, and you I might go back and triple up on this. Because Halloween is so good. Oh, yeah. And I believe it's quick. I think it's so a quick 90 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's breezy. Uh, yeah, so I'll do it for this week. We'll join us next week for Halloween Kills. Until then, it's been Don't Be That Guy, a guide to sequel and remix. I do want to be buried in a pet cemetery. Sometimes dead is better.